KDOW iRadio 76 proudly presents the 515 Show with your host, John Sarver. Who's at the 515 door today? I'm telling you, we're geeked up for this. We are seriously looking forward to this. There's times where we don't get away enough to visit foreign lands, and, and we're going to do that on July 30th. We are going to go find the, our good friends in Ohio, and nothing makes us stop quicker than gassers and stockers and four-speed cars and rock and if we can find this all in one spot, well, we want you to know about it. And that is why on the other side here at the 515 door, we have Don Moyer today. And he is part of a gasser madness, actually, not part. He is kind of the, the big guy. But he's also the promoter of rock, and, of rock and Race at Dragway 42. Hiya, Don. How you doing, John? Dandy on our side. What? You know, it, it is kind of amazing. How do you get to be a part of the whole Gasser Madness. I know that um, you've been there since 2012, right? I believe so, yes. And that is because there was uh, there was a changing of the guard. Yeah, Byron Stack originally started in, in around 98, 99, and uh, Byron unfortunately passed away, and the website sat dormant for a while, and then Bill Pratt from draglist.com took it and kind of revived some of the lost files and then he got a hold of me and said you'd be that I would be the uh, right guy to take uh, take the reins and run with it. <laughs> How did he convince you? Uh, it didn't take much to be honest with you. I really, when I built my car, I researched Byron's work extensively so I could do a, a fairly good job of what I thought my car should look like for the year that I was shooting for. Um, so it, it's a great source. It's a great resource for people to take the time that want to build their cars, you know, correctly. Uh, and I thought it should stay alive, so I, I, I thought it would be a good idea to go ahead and jump on and uh, take care of it. Now, we should tell everybody around the world that's listening to you right now, what kind of car do you have? Uh, I have a 40 Willys Coupe. It's called the Rebel Reaper. <laughs> okay. And the color of that, in case they can't read the lettering? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Primer, primer, red primer, uh, orange, and yellow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it took me by surprise. Okay, great. You know, it's only because when we got into the gassers, I mean, we were Ohio George Montgomery guys. You sure. Know? And with the, with the powder blue 33, I do believe it was the Mako gasser at the time. You know, and it was like, <sighs> explain to me. Don, I mean, it was, gassers were huge, and then they kind of went somewhere, and now they seem to be getting a revival for some reason. Well, well, gassers were huge when you and I could work in our garage and build a car and go compete. And Detroit took notice, and near the end of the gasser era, you know, there's a lot of people that say, well, gas classes lived into the 70s, but... Uh, let's let's be frank. In 1967, the gas class kind of started to disappear. Uh, NHRA started to pay less attention to the rules as cars got faster and faster, and the, and the ba- basic premise of what a gasser was was kind of disappearing. Uh, I think the biggest um, hit to the gasser uh, class was when Ohio George, who you had mentioned earlier, yeah. came to uh, one of the NHRA nationals with a Mustang. 
What? On his, oh. Yeah, his Willys chassis. Basically, Ford was sponsoring his engine and said, we want a Mustang body on it. And uh, they put the uh, Mustang body on the uh, Willys chassis and showed up. And NHRA said, well, we want Ford's money, too. So, yes, go ahead. Wasn't that kind of a, like a long nose? Didn't it look like a funny car? Because was, that was a Mako yes. car also, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it, it definitely looked like a funny car. Um, and basically, the, the uh, how do you want to put it, the focus of NHRA went from gassers to funny cars. You know, funny cars really started more in the, in the uh, FX. Yeah. And they just took over, and it, it's where the big money started to, to get into NHRA and uh, drag racing on the the whole, where the average guy would have a hard, tough time competing because you said it, you know, first on, you know, win on race day, uh, sell cars in the showroom on, on Monday. You know, the, the funny thing is, why would he have switched over? Of course, Michigan George would never have swapped over, but I guess Ohio George did. Uh, well, Ohio George was a racer. He wanted to win. You know, and, and Ford paid him, and aerodynamics are a big, big reason. Yeah. See, tire, tire technology is also a big part of what gassers were. Uh, gassers basically started off as daily drivers, and as they morphed, the guys started to learn that by taking and raising the front end and setting the engine back and putting weight in the trunk that the cars would be able to hook better on the uh, tracks of the time with the tires of the time. And in 1965, the wrinkle wall slick was developed by M&H, I believe. And that started to change everything also. So basically, technology and corporate dollars basically is what phased out gas racing. And Byron Stack was instrumental in the beginning of the gasser um, resurrection, as we'll call it. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are so many different... Uh, events today that all basically spawned from his work with Ernest McIntyre at Gasser Magazine, uh, starting in St. Louis, I believe, in 99, and then they started the uh, Thompson, Ga Thompson Gasser reunion here in Ohio around 2001. Well, it's got to be amazing because it, it's almost like... <sighs> First of all, there's a question we have here on the CKWI Radio 76 hotline. I hope you don't mind answering. No, not at all. What makes a gasser? Uh, full frame, full body. Uh, at one time, it, you know, and this is where it gets gray, is it depends on what year you're asking because they changed the rules as they went. But it used to have to have street legal, had to have a full interior, two seats. The seats couldn't be moved back more than five inches. The top couldn't be chopped or the side couldn't be channeled more than uh, four inches. Um, they had to have four-wheel brakes. They had to uh, have a single uh, outlet on the exhaust at one time, and in 67 they allowed the Zoomies. Um, you know, like I said, headlights, taillights, uh, a hood is a big one. Had to have a hood. Um, had to have a roof. You know, if it was a convertible, it had to be up, and the windows had to be uh, able to roll up and down on it. Wow. You know, the, the funny thing is, too, and we have a question here from Ian from Cork, Ireland, and it I'm going to paraphrase this. I hope, Ian, you don't mind. But he was, he's, okay, so we're talking about the willies of the 30s. And they said, if 
how could that body style be competitive when you're pushing so much air forward? I see what he's saying. And they're not the most aerodynamic vehicles of all time. So if you had your choice of any body style, why do gassers gravitate to willies? I, hopefully, Ian, that answers the question, or that is the question. My, my guess is he was talking more about the 40s. The 30 willies are pretty aerodynamic when they're chopped four inches, uh, much more aerodynamic than the 40s. The willies were the popular choice for a couple of reasons. The biggest reason was they were cheap. Um, <laughs> okay. they, they were very inexpensive cars. They uh, really worked well with the weight uh, transfer as far as putting the engine back 10%, which is what was allowed. Um, so it made them a very desirable car. They were small, they were light, and they responded well to the weight transfer. Uh, aerodynamics really weren't, they weren't going fast enough for aerodynamics to be an issue <laughs> in, in the 60s. Now, near late 67, aerodynamics and weight transfer had changed. Weight transfer didn't mean as much, and aerodynamics meant a lot more. Uh, and ergo, that's why the funny car started to take over. Yeah, because we're looking at sometimes with the gassers, you see the same earmarks as you and you mentioned before, a solid you know front axle. Okay, here we go. Um, the cars with that real, you're right, that 9010 shock kind of look, front ends up a little bit further. The the cool thing that we like about the gassers is that, and especially the, the present day ones, is that they capture the look so well. You know, and, and oh, yeah. obviously they're incredibly competitive because. Uh, we're going to go see the uh, Great Lakes Gassers this Saturday, right, Onondaga? Yeah. It's Onondaga. Yeah. And, and so, and all those guys, you look at those cars and it's like, wow. I mean, there's where do you guys get parts for this stuff? Uh, one of our great sponsors, uh, Wack Customs, makes great axles. He's out of Connecticut, and they make fantastic front axles. Uh, springs you can get pretty much anywhere. Uh, any spring shop can make springs to, to fit into what you do. Uh, Speedway Motors makes a kit, which is more of a street product than it is a race product, but they do sell components that help you also. So the street routing world uh, definitely helps out on that as far as parts to uh, to build a gasser. Yeah, and that was another question that was coming in from David from Oakland, California. If he, and again, I'm going to paraphrase real quickly, Don. If you wanted to build your own willies today, where would you start? Your, I guess he says willies gassers. Where would you start? Do you want a steel car or a glass car would be my first question because you have options for both. All right. Give me a glass. Glass cars, there's a couple different companies that sell fiberglass bodies, uh, and there's usually plenty of them on Marketplace available that someone bought and didn't build. Um my personal car was a, uh, a, a gentleman, uh, Chuck Bonick, was building or restoring a steel car, and he took the time and made a fiberglass mold off that steel car and made his own body, and that's what my car is from. Wow. You know, so you have, you have a lot of options as far as that goes. I, I was going to say, then, what do you have to do to uh, find a steel one? Can, I mean, obviously, those who have them know what they have. It's not like yeah. you're going to find them in a junkyard in Arizona for twenty-five bucks. No, you're not. You're not going to find a steel Willie's coupe cheap <laughs> for sure. Uh, but there is a gentleman. I, I do not know his name at this point. I, mean, okay. I can't think of it. But there's a guy in Washington that makes steel body parts, and I believe he makes a roof section. So you can find a four door, and you can cut the roof off the four door, and turn it into a coupe with this panel that he makes. 
And I know it sounds like a lot of work, but it actually um, will get you into a steel coupe a lot cheaper than trying to buy an actual steel coupe. You know, Don, when did they stop making willies? Well, I know they went, they went into being AMC and the Jeep and the whole nine yards, but, I mean, these cars from, like, the 30s and 40s. 42. Know. World War II stopped them. And then it was Jeep time, and then they came back as, what, Nash or something? Yeah, Willys, Nash, all morphed into AMC eventually, Rambler. Yeah. I mean, were they considered racy cars in their day? I mean, I know they're inexpensive. No. <laughs> No, they were they were they were cheap. I uh, it's funny. A lot of guys think I'm crazy when I say this, but I equate the Willys Coupe to the AMC Gremlin. <laughs> you know what? We like Gremlins. <laughs> I do too. I still have my first car. It's a Gremlin. You do? Yes. Oh, I'm not thinking a 401 in here. Am I thinking a 304? Am I talking one of those fine six cylinders? Uh, originally when my mom bought it at the dealership, it was a six cylinder. When I went to California Air Force, it came back as a 304. <laughs> then it, then it got a 401 with a dual quad. Now it has a 360 in it. Okay. So now as we get it slightly off subject, but we love gremlins. We really did think, you know, AMC, tip of the hat to you guys, uh, be, only because of thinking outside of the box at the time, but how hard was it to drive it with the 401 in it? Difficult. <laughs> and this is a guy who drives a Willys. Okay. Yeah, the, the, the drags its bumper. Yes, the, the Gremlin was very difficult on the street with a 401. Yeah, because really everybody was going, well, do you have a Gremlin X, Gremlin X? Well, how many did they make? Like 10 from one dealership? Oh, uh, you're talking about the XR, XR uh, Gremlin. Yeah, I think they only made 10 of those. Yeah. The, the beautiful the beautiful thing of those is you can bolt a 401 in place of a 304 and nobody would know the difference. It's all They're all physically the same size. It's all internally different. I was going to say, did this Gremlin have manual steering? No, it has power steering. Wow, lucky you. Because yep. that, that would have been a thrill. What did you have to do to change it over from a six-cylinder to an eight? I bought a V8 car in a junkyard in California and just unbolted everything. It was really pretty easy. The only uh, big changes I made is I put a turbo 400 and a 9-inch Ford rear end. And you sell, do you have the one with the hockey stripe in it? What year you got? Mine's a 75. Oh, so you got the nice bumper one. Yeah, it's got the crash bumpers. It's got the uh, vertical um, indents on the uh, quarter panel, uh, <laughs> and it has Levi's inside. Whoa, you got the Levi edition, or did you just get the seats? I just basically got this interior and put it in it. Wow, because that was a real selling point, too, with AMC and when Levi oh, was yeah. hot. Oh, yeah. You know, we always wondered, how do those seats wear? Mine are original. Really? Yeah, which is, it, it's it's pretty amazing that they're still in good shape. <laughs> do you tell people don't sit with anything in your back pockets if you're sitting in here? I do look at their butts. <laughs> So, single gentleman out there, buy a good yep. one. <laughs> it's a me. It is a, a. It was a fun. Is it a fun car to drive? Is it a tough car to drive? It's a great car to drive, honestly. And everywhere you go, it's you know. When I was a kid growing up, I probably have my twenty-some car collection because I owned a Gremlin and I got teased so much when I had it. Um, but now it's 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 amazing how many people react 
uh, to the car when I take it to car shows and car cruises and whatnot. 20 car collection? Yeah, I have a lot of cars. You do? I do. Um, all AMC Willys style? No. <laughs> no, I have, I have pretty much every... I've got stock muscle cars to Survivor Hot Rods. I've got a couple of the most famous funny cars ever made. And they would be? The Grant Rebel SST and the AMX1. <gasps> really? You know, yep. the funny thing is that a lot of kids growing up, back in the day, they would buy these model kits, put them together, yep. and then when yep. you actually saw them, it was like, we know that car. Yep. And to have the Grant Model T, and the, for folks who didn't know, and correct me if I'm wrong, Don, Grant made helmets and steering wheels and, and you know, the wood green steering wheel, if I'm not mistaken, and some other little, not little, but other things in the 60s and 70s. And uh, Grant piston rings and Grant's folding um, distributors. Even better. Even yep. better. Oh, man. how did, did you ever drive that one? No, not yet. It's not completely finished. Where did you find it? It's not like you go down to downtown and go, well, that's unusual in that lot. It's a really long story. <laughs> we got time. I, uh, I bought a gremlin from a guy uh, that has recently, uh, that has since passed. His name was Jim Smith. Grant Rings, yes. And he, rained, he raced that car, and I ended up buying it for some fenders for another gremlin that I had. He, uh, he had... <laughs> He had, he had never driven a car in assault, and it's, uh, he had new old stock fenders for it when he redid it, and he had his original fenders, and I went to go buy his original fenders. Long story short, uh, he had MS, and he sold me everything, including the car. Wow. The engine out of that car is what still is running today in my Willys. My Willys runs an AMC 401 that used to run in that Gremlin, and I personally have put 17 seasons on that engine, and it's still running. Wow. Um, but in the, the pile of parts that I got with <laughs> that car yeah. was a blower manifold for the Grant Rebel program. Uh, they, they, from what I was told, they, they cast six of them, special for AMC. And I got one of them. So I started doing research. Now, this was before um, the Internet. This was back in the 80s. Wow. And uh, I used to go through the uh, AMC Club uh, newsletter, the AMO newsletter, and I found, I ended up finding a gentleman in Louisiana that owns the Grand Rebel body. And uh, I talked to him on and off for probably 17 years before I finally got the body. How do you talk to somebody for almost two decades? I mean, like, you want to sell it? No. You want to sell it? No. You want to sell it? No. And then finally, after 17 years, it goes, eh, come get it. There, there was a couple uh, big things that made it a little bit more plausible to, to keep bugging him. <laughs> on, on eBay, the original motor popped up, and I purchased the original motor of, uh, out of Chicago. And uh, I put that uh, online, and I also, on the ham, do you know what the ham is? No, tell us. The ham is a uh, website where it's dedicated traditional rods and customs. And it's a it's before Facebook and, and Instagram and social media kind of did all that in. It was the place to go for uh, traditional hot rodding. 
And uh, I had my name on there, and you have a little signature after it. And my signature was one at AMC car, uh, funny car with history. Kind of a tongue-in-cheek, because I knew where the car was. I just wanted it. <laughs> and the ham is really strong, so when you Google car stuff, the ham usually is up near the top of the search. And somebody was searching for AMC funny cars or what have you and looking for somebody to buy one. And I ended up buying the AMX1 through that lead. And when I got the AMX1, uh, the gentleman in um, Louisiana gave me a call and says, okay, it's time for you to uh, to uh, take over the reins of the Grand Rebel. And uh, I tried to pay him to, you know, he didn't want me to come get it. He wanted to deliver it. I tried to give him gas money. He wouldn't give me gas money because he didn't want to give it to me or he didn't want to sell it to me without meeting me and making sure I was the right curator for it. Wow. Wow, so you had to do, go through an interview process? Yes. <laughs> yes. What, what kind I mean, of... if you think about it, it's the holy grail of AMC race cars. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have said any kind of Marlin, but yeah. You know, no, I, the, the Grand Rebel was AMC's Nitro Funny Car. They toured that thing all over the country, even Puerto Rico. They had it at dealerships on the weekdays, and they had it at the racetracks on the weekends. Yeah, you know, and the funny thing is, because I think it was a Joanne kit, if I'm not mistaken, a Joanne. You kit. are correct. You know, I, oh, yeah. <laughs> see, the cool thing about back in the day is that the the glue that you used, they weren't hip to. <laughs> it got you weird, and for some guy. So, John, so John, you're telling us that you smell glue? <laughs> no, but yeah, I had to. No, it, it's. <laughs> It just to, to finish it. It was it somehow, some way, it increased your brain capacity that you remembered. I mean, I can't tell you where I put my keys today, but I can remember that AM that model kit, like right. yesterday. You know, and then, <laughs> yeah, maybe I did smell too much glue. Uh, <laughs> it, it's amazing. What kind of questions does somebody ask you? I mean, you see the body is on the truck, and you kind of go. Don't blow the questions. I mean, was he like, was it a trivia thing, or what was he asking you? No, he just wanted to make sure that it was going to someone that would that respected the history of the vehicle, that uh, was capable of actually doing something with it, and that it had a good place to uh, to be stored. I mean, did you go and say, "Oh yeah, sir, come on, look out back, see what I got here"? You know, do you think I'm not the right guy for it? I think I think once he got here, he was relieved right away. I don't. He didn't really ask a whole lot of questions at that point. Wow, that's wild. You know, because yes. that's not a trip around the block from a Seven Eleven. I mean, that's a long haul. Yes, and and we still talk today. Did he ever say why, Don? That this was the time that all of a sudden it was like, let's just do this. I mean, besides the he, ham thing, he purchased it in nineteen eighty four out of Youngstown, Ohio, and then took it down to Louisiana. And um, life got in the way, and he never actually worked on it. Yeah, I was going to say, why would you buy it and then just, like, hang on to it? And then what was he thinking? That's like, well, next year I'll get to it. Well, next year I'll get to it. And 17 years elapsed? Most most car guys have that disease. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I've got a couple of cars I probably won't live long enough to finish. <laughs> Yeah, we always thought that we'd like to open up a place called Basket Motors, you know, yep. of every, yep. everybody that got this great deal, and they gave them two engines with it, 
And mm-hmm. next week we'll take care of it. And then, oops, I got engaged. And oops, I got kids. And oops, yep. we got to the service. And oops, well, you know, uh, we got, you know, a mortgage now and all that stuff. You know, I mean, but my gosh, I mean, did you ever get one of the cars of all the many cars that you have, Don Moyer? Did you ever get one that was like, uh, here's a piece, here's a piece, here's a piece, just put it all in your truck and say bye bye? Most of them. <laughs> really? Great. Yeah, I, I, I didn't buy very many cars finished. Most of the cars I purchased were basket cases. I mean, do you look at these things as challenges, or do you look at these things are well, this is the condition they're in. I really do like this car. Say la vie, put it on. So so I can't afford to buy expensive good cars, but I can afford to buy good cars that aren't expensive. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then you get the holy grail of funny car bodies for free. No, no, it wasn't free. I had to pay for it. Oh, I, my mistake. I thought he wasn't charging you. He wasn't charging you to deliver it. He, he didn't want any money for traveling. Wow. Oh, no, I, I definitely paid for it. <laughs> Good man, you. So now what do you do with it? Now you got it. Now you got, you know, these really rare parts and stuff. Now, Don, what's happening with it? It's a roller right now. I've got a, the chassis from the Gremlin funny car underneath it um, that I got out of California. And I have the original engine in it. I put the original engine in it last year uh, for Rock and Race. Um, Hayden Prophet, the original uh, manager wow. and driver, was supposed to come to Rock and Race to see it for the first time. And uh, th- it was the first time he'd have seen it and the first time the engine's been in it since 1968. Uh, unfortunately, COVID happened and he couldn't yeah. make the trip. You know, uh, and Hayden's 93 this year. Wow. So I don't know, and he lives on the West Coast, so I don't know that we're going to be able to get together. I think that was a, a one time, and unfortunately COVID took that from us. <sighs> yeah. You know, it's. was there a spark of AMC cars in your life when you were super young or something, and you said, you know what, really, these things catch my eye? Or was it, well, we're just developing that. I got one gremlin here. I can get another one. Now I'm starting to understand the 304 and 401s and all that stuff. I mean, what's the hook with the AMCs? Honestly? Yeah. <laughs> Growing up, I liked 69 Camaros and 69 Mustangs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I drove my gremlin to California. Yeah. <laughs> and my, my dad said, don't bring it back. <laughs> I met a guy in California. His name is Leroy Norlander. He, yeah. uh, he unfortunately is with no longer with us, but he had an AMX, and he took me for a ride in AMX, and I still have never been in a car that uh, performed uh, the way he could make it perform. He was one heck of a driver, and uh, that kind of got me hooked on AMCs a little bit. I think living in Cleveland, yeah, uh, you know, we're kind of an a underdog-type te- uh, city, and it's an underdog mentality, and AMCs are basically the, you know, of the four, the big four, they're the underdog. So I think that's another reason why I kind of gravitated towards them. Uh, that and 17 years, same odor, hello, they run good. Yeah, I mean, talk about a city whose football team is coming out of nowhere. Cal, or let's see, Indians did extremely well for themselves. Basketball team, thank you, LeBron. <laughs> Go away yep. now. You know, yep. but still, uh, it's an amazing car, especially depending on what year AMX he had. 
he had a 69. It was a uh, uh, go pack. It was forest green with white uh, um, stripes. Wow, because everybody knows the conventional red one, you know. But yep. I mean, body wise, they were always amazing. But we were always, uh, you know, in in deep thought about why why NHRA didn't factor more so AMCs could have been more competitive. Can't answer that. Maybe AMC didn't pay them enough. <laughs> Yeah, well, you would think there was there had to be some Amexes, some Javelins, you know. Oh, sure there were. At that time, that could have been competitive, you That's know. Shirley Shanahan. Yes, yeah, yeah. Hello, Dragon. You know, yep. it is. It's an amazing thing, you know, because they were cool and they were so different, and they weren't, you know, a Camaro. They weren't a Mustang. And that's what I think, especially even javelins at the end when they, you know, like the seventy three, seventy four. It's when they had the bump outs on the, on the front the fenders. fenders. Yeah, yep. I mean, yep. tip of the hat to to everybody that was from Kenosha and everybody that that put these things together. But talk about putting them together. My God, you know, we've been this far and we have not talked about rock and race. Nope. <laughs> we certainly should. Doggone it! Rock and race is coming up next weekend, isn't it? Yes, not this weekend, next weekend, next the 30th, weekend. 31st, yep. and August 1st. Yeah, man. And so next weekend it will be <sighs> rocking and racing. Now, tell the folks who are listening to us in Sweden now, they just popped up. Hi, folks. Um, what is rock and race all about? Rock and race is basically everything 1972 and older. Uh, it's, it's four races in one with ten, ten bands. Yeah, 10 live bands, kitties, and they're playing there during the racing. Yeah, well, they'll things- be right at the finish line. So when the cars go zooming by at the finish line, they'll be uh, on stage playing away. <laughs> As a musician, that has to be unique. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> I, I really, it's, it, <laughs> it's so much fun. I mean, obviously, how many cars... Don, are they expecting to be here? We usually get around 400 race cars and about two to 300 show cars, and the show cars also are able to run. Uh, in fact, we have a uh, heads-up flag race for them on Friday night with girls actually doing the flag starting, and the girls are, uh, the Choppers Hot Rod Association is uh, going to award them some money for uh, the girls that do the uh, flag starting the best. Wow. And there's women all over America right now, folks, who are taking the flag and making sure that they've got their chops down. There you go. <laughs> you know, how many classes? We know there are going to be gassers there. Yes. And tell the folks how many other classes are going to be there. So I, I do this event. I go to events all over the country, and I try to take the best of each event that I go to and, and morph it into to one event. Uh, we, we have a live track from the morning until probably midnight, one o'clock, uh, on Friday and Saturday. Um, Friday is, uh, the test and tune during the day, then the flag race. Then we have a gambler's race that benefits, uh, children's cancer research. Uh, and we're also going to have a Willie's reunion. And on Friday, we're going to do a group photo in the staging lanes of all the Willie's Americars that show up, which ought to be pretty cool. Wow. Uh, Saturday is a uh, test and tune during the day. Then we do we have a couple uh, exhibition cars that are coming. We have a uh, pair of nitro alters. Um, 
the name of them right off the top of my head is, is going to escape me because I'm talking on radio. <laughs> Uh, and we have a uh, wheel-standing uh, fire truck coming also. And then we have Thunder Buggy. Thunder Buggy is a jet-powered Amish <laughs> buggy, Amish. which is always always fun to watch. Yeah, and for those who don't know, this buggy, it, they don't have tires on this thing. They have wheels, but right. they're not tires. And it's just... it's an actual it's an actual Amish buggy. It's not a it's not a purpose built to look like it is. Now, the wheels, are, I believe, are, are not original wheels, but the rest of it is. Yeah, but we're not looking at M&H Race Masters and back no, either. No, no, nothing like that. They're skinny and tall. Yeah, and if you've ever seen it, and it's just like Don says, it is the real deal, all the way down to the flashing light in the back, you know, yep. and it does have a rocket motor in it. You can see the flame come out the back. You see afterburner rock and stuff. It, it's an amazing thing, and everybody who... Who watches this thing in amazement, especially when you see those little, you know, it, again, when we say wide wheels, we might be saying seven inches, might, right. you know, right. and, and it's not like they filled it up with air, and it's an amazing thing, and to have a wheel-standing fire truck. Yep, and the, the nitro alters are pure hell and rat trap. It's amazing how that memory comes back, doesn't it? When <laughs> <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. So after after the exhibition goes, we go straight into eliminations. On Saturday night, we do something that I don't think any other event in the country does. Uh, everybody that is in a race class, and I'll go over our classes in a second, but everybody in a class is going to race heads up. No dial-in, no wow. handicap. Everybody races heads up. And you know, the first guys that scratch your head are the bracket guys, the guys that expect to be able to dial in and, 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 and do their thing. Nope, you're racing heads up. So our classes are divided by era of car. So we have Hot Rod 1, which is basically anything up until 1948. Then we have Hot Rod 2, which is 1949 to 1963. Then we have Muscle Car, which is 1964 to 1972. Then we have competition gas. Competition gas is basically the, the outlaw gassers, the gassers that don't really fit into nostalgia gas, uh, predominantly the cars that are lower in the front end, but the guys that have pro-streeted the back of their cars or, or don't run a hood or, or anything to that nature, you know, where they don't really fit the nostalgia gas guidelines, they'll fit into competition gas. Nostalgia gas, we do actually weight to cubic inch racing, just like they did back in the day. So you take your engine and the weight of the vehicle and you do a, uh, you divide them and you come up with a number and that number is based on the 1967 formula that NHRA used to put cars in class. You know, that is an interesting question. How do you guys, what kind of rules are there for this? The guidelines are all listed on the Gasser Madness website and on the Rock and Race page. Okay, and that's easy to get to because all you have to yeah. do is... Well, yeah, GasserMadness.com is easy. Or uh, rockandrace.website. And I'm thinking this probably isn't uh, 900 pages of rules, right? Uh, no, it isn't. But it's not, It's not. you know, a paragraph either. <laughs> and are you a part of the rules committee? I mean, do you yes. expect? Yes. Now, I noticed that they, that they got scales in now. Is that going to be yes. in place for you? Well, obviously yes. for weight versus cubic inch. 
Yes, we will. We will be scaling all nostalgia gas cars. <sighs> wow! Have you ever had to say, "Look, fella, I don't think so." No, because I mean, there's there's plenty of classes based on the weight to cubic inch. Mm. Um, you know, it's 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 funny. Last year we did a gentleman's rule where everybody told us what their cars weighed and what size their engine was. <laughs> <laughs> and we did. We already did this once this year at the Blue Sway Cruise. So it was. It, it turned out where we had all A, Bs, and Cs this time. And the last time we had D, Es, and Fs. <laughs> so it was. <laughs> it was funny how it worked out. We'll see how it works out at Rock and Race. That's and all the cars have to be there at a certain time. Okay, so let's do it this route. Say we want to go down there. We got a gasser. We're really looking forward to going down there. We should be down there by Thursday, Friday. Thursday gates open at noon. Okay, dokes. And then, I mean, it's a nice, 42 is a nice size. It's a beautiful track. We saw it yes. for the Ford race, and we were just knocked out. I mean, and when we had Mariana here a couple of weeks ago, um, they did everything correct. Yeah, I can't say enough of how, how great a facility it is for a racer. Um, just from watching, from racing the surface itself, uh, even the staging lanes are so well thought out. You don't even have to start your car to move forward in the staging lanes. It just rolls down the hill. Genius move, and then they don't have to worry. And because they're dug out, for those who haven't seen it before, it's it's a drag strip that they dug deep, like a freeway, you know, in certain right. parts of, of Detroit. You know, right. so the sound keeps where they're there. And the way that they have these uh, aluminum stands, every seat's a good seat at the front, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's like an amphitheater. I mean, it's 40-foot yeah. mounds of grass a uh, quarter mile on each side, so there's not really a bad place in the house to sit and watch. Uh, and the neat feature for the car, the show cars is the guys that get there early enough get to park their cars on the top of the hill and actually watch right from the back of their cars. Yes, yeah, that's right, because it's... And we're going to run the... the uh picture on our facebook page too because when we were walking up and we saw all those people on the ridge we thought "Uh oh what went on it's like no that's where they're watching it yeah yeah it it was insane in the middle of somewhere in middle of of west salem ohio here's this beautiful track and it's very well manicured and it just and the people who run it obviously as again as you heard from marianne nice nice salt of the earth folk yeah yeah Ron and Marianne are great people. They they do a, a fantastic job. You know, there's they, they're new, so it's taken a while. But the, this is what I think their fourth season or fifth season now, and they've got it down. They 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 uh, really do a great job. You know, Don, how many rock and races have you done? This I think this will be my fifth one. Your fifth one. All right. The difference. I believe so. The difference between your first one and this one. Uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Anything I, I will out? say this, though. Every year I go into the same because it's like, how big is it going to be this year? Every year it gets bigger. And does, so, you know, that's, that's very unnerving. I was going to say, does that scare you or does that warm your heart? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, how many folks do you have in your crew helping you run this? Because this can't be a one-man gang. Or can it be? Um, off, off. When I'm not doing it, it's my wife and I. Uh, then at the event, yes, I have great friends that, that step up and uh, really help out. Wow. How late can you race? And here's a question off the hotline. How late can you race during the weekend? Uh, one year, unfortunately, we had an oil down and a car flip, and we were out there until almost 2 o'clock in the morning. 
But you don't have a um, a curfew, correct? No, no, there's no curfew. So you can run till you're done. Yes, yeah, and the bands are usually on. The last band usually stays on pretty late. Yeah, because we're thinking, how do you put in the bands? As soon as the first uh, car starts running, then the bands start playing? They start playing beforehand? Uh, on Friday, the Burnus, um, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the band start at uh, 6 o'clock on Friday. On Saturday, we actually start them at uh, 3. 3? Yeah, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And then they get the 45-minute set, 30-minute set? Um, usually 45 minutes. Uh, some of them do a, a little bit longer, especially on Saturday. And then our feature band, uh, the Psycho DeVilles, uh, usually get a double set. So they'll be on probably about an hour and a half. You know, we got to talk to somebody who's... Has, is there any bands that have done this before that are going to be appearing again? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, the... Uh, Lords of the Highway were at the first rock and race uh, that I went to years ago. And they, uh, they're coming back. Uh, Walking in Circles, we've had at every one of them that we do. Um, a couple of the bands we had last year. I like to mix it up. So I like to bring some back. Uh, you know, usually I get feedback from the fans after the event, and the ones I get the most feedback for, I like to bring back. Uh, and that's not saying that someone that was at Rock and Race won't come back in the future. But I like to bring in somebody new every year, too, to keep it fresh. And All right, and here's a better question, too, that we just got off the hotline. The type of music the bands play are, is? We, we have, this year we have a, a strong rockabilly presence, but we also have a uh, um, regular 60s, 70s uh, classic rock band, and we also have a Doors tribute band. So we're looking at family-friendly event. Oh, absolutely. And that's what we want to do. Talk about family-friendly. Where, Don, can they get tickets in advance? Because I would assume you'd want to have that. Uh, you can still buy them online. Uh, on the uh, website, you can go to the FOAT. There's a little orange ticket icon on the uh, Rock and Race website, and you can click on that, and you can buy pre-purchase tickets there. Or you can definitely, at any time, come and pay at the gate. And your sponsors for all this? Uh, Candy's Rod and Customs. Uh, boy, I gotta count me on that one. And the Nitro <laughs> Tea guys are. <laughs> 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 ah, well, see, normally uh, Whack Whack Axles or Whack Customs. Yeah. Um, Look at all these pieces of paper being flown over to Don. Imagine these. No, she's not here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on an island right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, the Choppers Hot Rod Association, uh, Gellner Engineering, um, Perfect Converter has been my best sponsor from day one. Uh, I can't say enough about uh, Bubba and everybody at Perfect Converter. Um, I'm sure I'm missing some, and I'm really sorry about that. That's okay. We can fill them in later. I, there, there's a page. There's a page that I pay homage to, and all of their uh, logos will be on the back of the event T-shirt. There and the go. event T-shirts will be uh, able. You'll be able to get those at the uh, Gasser Madness and Gasser Magazine booth. Now, will That's they next to the stage? I was going to say, can they buy swag there at Forty Two? Oh, absolutely. Forty Two sells the track swag uh, in the staging lanes, and then we also carry the. Uh, 
Gasser Madness and the Gasser Magazine and Rock and Race stuff at our booth. Now, There's also a Manufacturers Midway. See, our sponsors are, it's, it's a unique sponsorship program where the sponsors um, are actually vendors. So you not only do you get a space to sell your wares, um, here's another one, Moon Videos is going to be there selling old hot rod videos. Really? Uh, so me, yeah, so you, you, can, you can set up at the top of the hill. Uh, Ron Landley is going to be there selling Willie's parts. He's a huge Willie's dealer. He's a sponsor. He's going to have a whole bunch of Willie's parts there. So, you, you know, they, they, they can set up on the hill. They're next to the um, show cars. Uh, it's easy for the fans on the other side of the track to get over to, to see all this stuff. Um, and uh, we also have a swap meet that's at the end of the track for guys that don't want to, you know, be sponsors or, or spend, you know, that. And, and our sponsors are cheap. It's $200 and up. So it's not like we're uh, making a fortune off of these guys. Uh, we want we want everybody to be able to, to pick up stuff and to, to see different things and to, to keep entertained while they're there. It's it's an amazing thing. Don, how much does it cost to get in there? Uh, Friday and Saturday are $20, and Sunday is $10. Uh, you can also uh, come in on Thursday if you want to meet with the racers and, and you know watch them set up their cars and get ready and tech and all that, and that's also $10. Or... You can get a weekend pass for $40. Yeah. I also want to say that kids 14 and under are free. Wow. Kids are the future of our sport, so I want as many kids as possible. You know, and the funny thing is, too, you cheap bastards, for those who are thinking about jumping the fence, it's electrified, so don't think about it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you think about it, like how much money a ticket to go to the movies cost you. 10, 12, 14 bucks right now. You see a movie, you might like it, you might not. Two hours later, you're home. My God, 20 bucks. You can bring your kid who's in elementary school or junior high, you know, and I'm sure that there's food trucks are going to be there all over the place. There, there are many food trucks, yes. So the you, slop truck is the one I heard is the best. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I think that, that, that one in the pork one was, the. I, if that's the same one that we had before, was delicious. I mean, really, and especially yep. that Pepsi that they handed to us on that hot day it looked like about ten foot big. Um, it, it's an amazing. You're really stretching your entertainment dollar, and, and I know that we sometimes don't put entertainment on drag racing, but when you see the the gassers, and when you see, I, I believe the stockers are going to be there too, right? Yes, there's going to be dragsters. There's going to be alters. Uh, we have a burnout contest. We have a wheel stand contest. That's it's it's not as good as the one in Byron because they're not flipping their cars over, but it's awful <laughs> close. <laughs> oh, good! I'm glad they're not flipping them over. You know, not yet anyway. <laughs> oh God, no! Because we don't want any oil downs or anything weird going no, on. Exactly, no, exactly. But it, it's a fun place, folks. If you're going to go, yeah, you got your choice of, of going to any drag strip or do anything on that last week of July. But honestly, put the kids in the car. If we didn't think this was going to be an absolute knockout race, we would not be going down to 42. But we are convinced that this thing is going to be a spectacle unmatched. You know, and especially if you're into this kind of era, you know, into, yeah, if you're into this era, you know, if this is not pour your own puddle, that's you're not going to see that this time around. But you're going to see these guys. And the funny thing is about uh, folks who do gassers and, and folks who do uh, nostalgia four speed and all that stuff. They put on a show. 
Oh yeah, they're the, most of these guys don't care about winning. They just want to put on the show. It's all about the show. They and if you went to the Detroit Dragway reunion last year or the Nostalgia Nationals at Milan, and we're putting our, our hat over our heart when we say Milan. You know, it's you saw how jammed up it was, but you were thrilled. You saw all kinds of people in the stands. You saw families in the stands. You saw people standing. You saw people cheering. And why was it? Because it was, and this is what's going to happen at Rock and Race. It is what drag racing was all about. Yep, what it used to be. What it used to be and what it still yep. can be, you yep. know. And you and it's, we- Go ahead, Don. We have a large group of camping too. A lot of a lot of people bring RVs and stay there the whole weekend. We even have in the car show. If you've got a vintage RV, we're not even going to charge you to bring it. If you've got a, a show car or a, a, a vintage car pulling that camper, we'll let you camp in that thing for free. We we got a nice little selection of vintage campers that show up every year too. And if it looks like something from Jellystone Park with Yogi Bear, you get to come in, I guess, free. There you go. Especially if it's like teal color or red and white. You know? Or silver and shiny. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's right. Uh, you know, I, I forgot that there's also, there, there's people that, and, and Marianne was telling us, there, there's somebody nearby that rents RVs that will have an RV there for you. You just we actually up. We actually have, do you, do you know how um, there's, uh, what do they call that, where you rent people's houses? Um, yeah, that Airbnb thing? Airbnb, there's an RVBnB, and we have a link on the website. So you can rent an RV and either pick it up or have it delivered. It's an amazing thing. So if you don't want to get a hotel, you want to stay right there. Because as soon as you walk in, you're not going to walk out until they say, thank you, folks, we'll see you tomorrow. You know, Or maybe you'll stay. I mean, I mean, done, like on Sunday when they say, we'll see you later. You know, Because I can't imagine. The weekend passes how much again, Don? $40. $40 bucks gets you Saturday and Sunday? Friday, it'll get you Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Holy jump. So for 10 bucks for the price of a number two meal at McDonald's, you're going to get nonstop. It's, it's going to be, when they say it's the Woodstock of drag racing, they ain't kidding. Nope. Yeah. Don, what did we not cover in one minute? Anything that we didn't pass on? Uh, just go to the website and get your tickets. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, and then they go to a Facebook page too, can't they? Yes, they can. And that would be Rock and Race. See, I mean, R O C K hyphen N hyphen R A C E. They don't make it difficult for you, folks. Oh, and one last question, and this is one of our very favorite questions. Thank you. Who is this from? It's George from Seattle. Uh, exactly how long of a racetrack will these uh, racers be racing on? Well, oh, uh, real nostalgia racing is quarter mile. Normally we have this big symphony thing here because when people say eighth mile, we have this really nasty, ugly buzzer that goes off. Right. It's because this is, guys, this is going to be one of the wildest times you've ever seen. Dragway 42 is easy to get to. Uh, You're going to see, if you're coming from Michigan, you're going to see some cornfields. Eh, enjoy the state. You know, go have fun. We're going to get there early. This is going to be a blast. Don Moyer, we thank you so very much for being with us, man. No, I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, it's always a pleasure. we got to do this again. Oh, <laughs> we're, we're going to do it real, real soon. <laughs> hey, Don, hang on the line for a second. We want to talk to you. 
Sure. Okay, but right now, CKWI Radio 76, your home of high performance since the 60s and 70s with the Jay Giles band ready to blow your face out. <laughs> 